Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. his and you know we did talk to the due time crew 
And, you know, everybody kind of said the same thing, needless to say, you know. We did have, you know, Pastor K.L. who said, you know, I'm wondering now, did she step out on me? This is why I say we're in a pickle, because we end up with all of these kind of thoughts. And if, if, if she wasn't going through enough already, you know, and then the flip side says, well, you know, imagine what he's going through that would kind of make him think these things, not because she's necessarily done anything wrong, but because he's just in a bad frame of mind and, and all kind of things would be running through his head. And well, whether I cheated or not, should not be an issue. But again, you know, when things like this kind of hit our, you know, our life, we have to kind of sometimes, sometimes kind of, give way to our twisted psyche. You know, we don't know how a person is going to subsequently end up thinking, how they're going to necessarily feel. And in asking Pastor K.L. how he would counsel, you know, one of the conversations that he would have with a couple, uh, it was very interesting dialogue, you know, um, pretty much what you're going to do. And, uh, it is a valid question. It is a valid question. We just would have to be very careful how we posed that question, you know, how we said it. Because, you know, what you're going to do could really end up with a bad answer. Yeah, because you really you really don't know what people would do because in all honesty, you don't know what you would do. You know, we are Christians. We have given our life to the Lord and we would like to think that we would like we would act rationally. But in all honesty, we can't say how we would act because that's a blow. That's a blow and you know, unfortunately, even if you found out, now here's the thing that crossed my mind. Even if you found out that, you know, you did the research, you did the research, because they would have to come up with some kind of an answer. Because now, like we spoke yesterday, they're going to have to do this mass, this mass DNA testing throughout everybody, all the couples and all the children. Because now, clearly, you know, Derek's sperm is somewhere else, and he is the daddy of, you know, somebody else's children. And now you would want to know where your children are. Who are your children? Who's the mama? Boy, does this open up a can of worms? Oh, my goodness. It's Let's Talk About a Tuesday. This opens up a can of worms. This here, because now, you know, now, now, now here's how this plays out, possibly. But come on, come on, let's think, let's think, let's think about this thing. Here you have, okay, so now you do all this DNA testing and you find out that your children are now Mary Jane Parkers. You know, that, that, that that's your children over there. Now... You want to get to know your kids. Oh, my goodness. Now, that daddy has got to now 
understand that you want to have a life with your biological children, or at least you want to meet them. Oh, my goodness gracious. Have we walked into a mess? Yeah, because you really don't know how this is going to play out. Come on, come on, come on. We really don't know how this is going to play out, man. This is a mess. This is a straight-up mess. And if they sued for a quadrillion dollars, this would not make it better. No, because they're uh, they going to have a whole lot of lawsuits coming their way. And like I said yesterday, they pretty much going to have to shut down because ain't no way in the world you're going to be able to pay off all these people and still, you know, have money to operate. When the word gets out that y'all have made some stupid mistake like this, who's going to trust you? So there goes your business. Man, so I want to talk about this thing a little further. Remind me, Shantice, of my of the question that we talked about yesterday. Well, we we didn't talk about talk about it, but this has come up. This has come up in conversations before, and it kind of got a little touchy and sensitive. Oh, I think I want to bring this conversation back up this morning. I want to talk about this thing. So let's put that off for another couple of minutes after we come back from our break. But our switch tip of the week, run back to God. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man, was this so befitting for the conversation? Because run back to God is your only recourse at this point. So let's hope that these people were grounded in the Lord before this. Because if not, somebody going to have to find Jesus. Because this ain't going to be an easy walk. This walk ain't easy. Oh, no. No, no. Somebody going to have to call on the name of the Lord. Because this here... This here, this can really be, really be a testing of your love for one another, your commitment to this marriage, your commitment to God. You know, man, this is this is something else. You know, I had somebody yesterday tell me that, you know, marriage is for man. And she said she's a reverend. And this is what she, you know, this is her, this is her take on this thing, that marriage is not a, you know, I don't, I'm gonna try to quote her properly, that marriage is not from God, but marriage is for man. Now, that could be taken a million ways, but the reason why I bring this up now is because that might play well <laughs> into this situation right here, you know, with this couple. You know, if they decide to break up or not, you know, they could easily say, well. This ain't for God. This is for man. You know, that's if I'm quoting her properly. But, you know, like I said, this is, this is, you know, her take on the whole thing and, you know, of marriage and stuff like that. And, you know, it just, man, this might be fitting. <laughs> this might be an out for some couples. You know what I'm saying? But if you stand on this, you know, um, on the premise that, you know, this is, this is a God thing. Then yo, you 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 got some issues here. You gonna have to run back to the Lord. 
Well, I'm going to tell you something. Whether um, her take on this is accurate or not, whether our take is accurate or not, you're going to have to run back to God. You're going to have to run back to God, period. Period. Because how whether you abandon or leave this marriage or not, this here, this is this is something that you're left with pretty much for the rest of your life. And you're going to have to find some level of peace with all of this. So whether this ends up being like 50 steps that you take because, you know, this is what it's going to take for you to get your peace, or it's five steps you're going to have to take after finding out this here and you get your peace after five steps, either way, you're going to have to go to the Lord. Because ain't no, ain't no human peace. Ain't nobody going to be able to give you human peace. You know, we talked yesterday about the counsel you would get. And we know that that counsel would be ongoing. But regardless of, of which angle, whether you took uh, a spiritual counsel or whether you took, you know, a therapist, you know, from, you know, just a regular therapist in the world, a secular therapist, either way, you're going to have to run back to the Lord. Because you're not going to find peace in all of this. this. This here is a doozy. This here is a doozy. So, woo. Perfect advice for yesterday's conversation. Run back to God. So, today is Let's Talk About It Tuesday. Church Folk Day. And man, oh man, oh man. As you can see, I'm ready to talk. I didn't even realize this was going to hit me this morning. I was looking at the news, and I was like, yo, this is like straight whack today. But now, delving back into yesterday's situation, I got some stuff to talk about. And I got this stupid dear Abby that I found this morning. And I'm like, yo, the answer is in your own question. So listen, we got something to talk about. Let's take that quick break. Go get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's time with Pastor Steph is on. And make sure you go nowhere because we'll be right back. There are 27 million people in slavery today. Surprise. We're talking real slaves. People forced to work without pay through the threat of violence and unable to walk away. It's unthinkable. And yet, every 36 minutes, another slave is trapped in the United States. Slavery must stop, and we have a plan to do it. Go to freethesaves.net and see how you can help. After 5,000 years, we can put an end to slavery.
morning, good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Let's Talk About It Tuesday, Church Folk Day. You know, the the PSA we just uh, ran was free the slaves. You know, and somebody said, you know, after 5,000 years, you know, we're still slaves and stop the slavery. Can we ever stop slavery? I'm wondering. I'm wondering. Because, see, now the slavery is not the picking cotton and, uh, you know, the working in the master's house and, you know, like root type of slavery or um, or Harriet Tubman type of slavery. But slavery has evolved over the years, and now we're talking about sex trafficking as slavery. And I'm sure if this question were posed or this topic were posed to some others, they'd think of some other levels of slavery, such as being underpaid. You know, so there's a, you know, it, it, it depends on who's talking about slavery, you know. Back then, you know, you weren't being paid money. You know, you were, and you were being mistreated. And go back to Israel, you know, and the Israelites and their slavery. You know, are you really going to be able to eradicate slavery? I don't know, y'all. Hit me up. Hit me up. Let me know if you really think you'll ever be able to come up with or or we'll ever get to a point where slavery is no longer in existence. I think the more we live and the more life evolves and the more wickedness that enters into this world, I don't think we're going to be able to get rid of the slavery. Because slavery will become, it will be redefined. You know, again, they're saying, and I'm not saying it's not, I'm just saying, it's now evolved into sex trafficking because those people are held, captured, you know, held, you know, against their will and made to work for no pay. And, you know, if you want to compare the two, you can say it's pretty much slavery, and they call it the modern-day slavery. So I don't know, because I think every time you try to eradicate slavery, they're going to come up with some other way to enslave people. And then you think about, are you enslaved in your mind? Are you walking around a prisoner with a cage around you? You know, I always like to say, you know, we're the walking dead in this world, you know, and when I say we, I am not including myself in that, but you get my point. You know, we are the walking dead. If you don't get your life right, you will be of the walking dead, you know? So, I don't know. This is, let's talk about it Tuesday. All right, so, what we talking about today. So, we're talking about yesterday's scenario, and um, we're talking about this whole in vitro thing. You know, when you go back in biblical times, you know what? I'm going to save that for my pastors. 
I'm going to save that. I'm going to hold on to that one. I'm going to hold on to that one. I'm going to hold on to that one. Boy, I hope I remember because y'all know if I, if I don't write it down, we jacked up. I'm not going to remember it. So somebody who's listening, help me remember that that's where I stopped, okay? Because I, I, can't, I can't write it down right now. I don't have a... I don't have a um a pen. But let's talk about Alec Baldwin. Remember him? We talked about, you know, he was the one on the set with the with the prop gun and it really had you know, real life ammunition in it and they were charging him and the armorer with manslaughter and they were saying he could serve like five years in jail and because he like had some ownership in the death of the cinematographer, I believe it was. Well, he's back in the news again because they've done some negotiating and they are now dropping the charge and they've downgraded, excuse me, they've downgraded it. And they've downgraded the involuntary manslaughter charge. And now, whatever the charge is, they are offering possibly 18 months. So he'll go from serving a minimum of five years to a maximum of 18 months. Now, this is after negotiating. Now, I'm sorry. In my opinion, this is not a negotiation because my thing is this is this is some tricky stuff here. And I was reading it this morning, and what they were saying was, which they didn't, they got like a hundred of these postings. And one of the things that they were talking about was their all rules in New Mexico, which is where this was being, um, you know, shot, this, this, this thing, this uh, scene was being shot, that says that brandishing a firearm in the commission of a non-capital felony, you know, and whether it was intended or not and all of this kind of stuff. But the catch is they don't have a law and there is no precedent on a Hollywood actor being charged for some on-set shooting. So now they're charging him based on one law but it might not be fitting because technically he doesn't fall under that law. They're just applying the law here. So it's like really crazy. But all in all, let the man go. Stop already. Stop already. Whether, you know, we talked about this, whether this is, you know, them coming after him because, you know, he's made people mad or, you know, whether um you know, they're charging him because they're trying to make a point. But just let it go already. Let it go because I'm going to tell you something. You can tell me I'm going from a minimum of five years to a maximum of 18 months and I'm going to be all right. No. 
No, I'm not. I'm still not going to be fine. I'm still not going to be fine. And they were talking about whether his finger was on the trigger, um, and this the gun could not could not have gone off if he had not literally pulled the trigger. But again, if in your mind this is a quote unquote prop gun and there's no real bullets in it, would you not pull the trigger if this was part of the scene? So, you know, I, I wanted to talk about that because, you know, we've been kind of following the story, if you will. But, yeah, they, that, they still chump in Alec Baldwin off, in my opinion. You know, it's just still, this, this, you know, let the man go, for God's sake. In New Mexico, y'all ain't got nothing else to do. Ain't no real criminals in New Mexico. Go after them. You're wasting time. 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 What else are we talking about? Okay. You know, again, 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 give people five minutes and they're going to try to come up with an out. So there's this chick, and I believe we covered the story. I think, I think, I think. Out in Florida, where this woman was charged with fatally shooting a mother of three, they got to arguing in an Uber. And I don't I don't remember if we really covered this or not, but so we covered so many stories. But she is pregnant. The shooter is pregnant. So now she's in jail for shooting the mother of three. And she, <laughs> let me see. I'm going to try to see how much time she's facing. I'm going to see how much time she's facing. But she's clearly, she's facing a lot of time, okay? And she's a young, she's a young girl, okay? Um, 24 years old. 24 years old. And her, her attorney. Are now fighting the case that her unborn child is in prison. That her unborn child is in jail and her unborn child is innocent. And because her unborn child did not commit a crime they are holding her unborn child unjustly and her unborn child should be able to be free but you ain't think about none of this when you when you did the shooting you ain't think about none of this but now they're saying that if Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let me finish this part. She fears for the safety of her baby. I got a problem with, with attorneys. They, they, they'll just say and do anything. So who who has the, 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 the sense? Who has the sense? Now, you as a criminal... <laughs> You as the defendant, you might come up with this. 
But am I going to put my reputation on the line to defend this nonsense? To defend this nonsense. <sighs> really? Really? You killed a mother of three. So these three children no longer have a mama. But somebody should feel sorry for your child because you in jail. Your unborn child is no more a prisoner than I am. So, here, we would answer this nice and clearly. You know what we'll do? When you have the when you have the baby, when you deliver, you'll deliver on the outside, which they normally do anyway. You'll deliver your baby on the outside of the jail, and we'll put it into foster care or let your family adopt it. Child is no longer in prison. Right now, it's imprisoned in your belly, dope. Who hears these arguments? There has, and I've said this a million times, there has to be a guard at the gate that says, okay, these are the things that go by and these are the things that don't. Because this is taxpayers' money at its finest. This is what you are paying for in these stupid states that allow these things to go on and to, 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 to take the time. Yeah. This is the argument that the attorney is taking. She's saying that, you know, in jail, you don't get the proper prenatal care. Yeah, you're right, because in jail, you don't get the proper care yourself. So we know you're not getting proper care for your, your baby, your unborn child. That's not their thing. They're not known for treating you well. They're not known for the best care. They're not known for the best uh, menu. They're not known for the best uh, 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 medical facilities. They're not known for safety. So this is what you should have thought about before you pulled the trigger, period. And I'm, I'm just mad that somebody is even taking their time to even entertain this nonsense. But see, here's the deal. See, you want to take the 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 the, uh, the the case because if you win, that's a notch on your belt. Now you get more clients. But in the interim, you look like an idiot. I'm not willing to stake my reputation on a potential win for something as dumb as this. So yeah, this is this is my argument. My argument is. You know, well, I didn't, you know, my baby, my fetus, jeez, my fetus should not be behind bars and should not be charged with the offense because it's innocent. Well, you're right, because I'm sure on the paper it does not say Mary Jane and the unborn child. I'm sure it says Mary Jane versus the state of. I'm sure this child is not named in any litigation, any court documents, or anything. 
So that's how that would be shut down. Period. So Natalia, sit on down in the corner and just take the bad health care and prenatal care that you're going to get. Not that you necessarily deserve, but that you're going to get. Call it a day. Teach you a lesson. Because the baby, you know what, God, you know, bless the baby, and the baby comes out fine, give the baby away. Because you're going to be sitting up in there for a minute. You won't even get to know the child. That's what your concern needs to be. Your concern needs to be you're not going to get to know your fetus when it becomes a child in this world because you're going to be spending a whole lot of time in jail. So I advise you to think of some way you could possibly get out a little earlier so that you could see little Molly or, 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 or Rico at another time. Because if they give that child to foster care and or, or some adoption and nobody in your family takes it, oh, visitation is nowhere to be found. You might get your mama, your cousin, your sister, your, your somebody, your baby daddy, somebody to bring the kids there if it stays within the family. So your, your focus is a little off. You need to be figuring out how you're going to work this out here. Because you ain't got nothing to do with the fetus now. You just a baby carrier. So just worry about when the baby's born, God spares its life, and God spares your life. Because who's to say you even going to make it? Because as always, we got one foot in the grave and one foot out the grave when you go to have a child. So, oh, well, I think you're kind of focusing on the wrong thing now. Get yourself together and, and be talking to somebody on the outside. Are y'all going to take this baby when I have it? Because, uh... Stranger things have happened. That's just Pastor Steph talking. You know, it's let's talk about a Tuesday. And yes, I'm talking because, like I said, I started off with like, like nothing. I'm like, yo, this is like stupid stuff here. All right. So what else are we talking about before we get our due time crew on? All right. So here's this dating thing. Here's this dating thing out in North Carolina. There's this guy who was arrested for, they say, allegedly. Now, see, this is the other thing. These terminologies are off for me because I guess it's alleged until you're proven guilty, I guess. Okay, because they have even caught people in your possession and still said alleged. Now, if they catch you with the person against their will, that ain't alleged. I don't care whether it's proven guilty or not. That's guilt. <laughs> you were caught. But in this particular case, this, again, another 24-year-old wacko who has been charged with attempted murder, um, kidnapping, and some other stuff because he met this girl, and they exchanged phone numbers at a gas station. So here we go. Already we starting off wrong. 
I'm 56 years old, and I can't imagine how many times I've been in a gas station, and I've looked over at somebody else pumping gas, somebody else in the convenience store that we've gone in, and I've said, wow, you look good. I'll take your number. Or he's come up to me and said, you know, hey, what's your name, blah, 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 and we exchange numbers. Already you're starting off on. Now, I know there's been, you know, people in love for 53 years and, you know, for, for smaller things. You know, you found a note in a bottle, something like that. But I'm sorry. When I hear you exchange notes at a gas station, I'm already saying something is wrong. But here's how this is going to be proven. So they, they exchange numbers at the, the gas station. He picks her up later that day. So we're going to walk through this thing. we got a couple of minutes. We're going to walk through this thing. So first I give you my number at the, at the, at the gas station. To me, uh, first move wrong. Two, he picks you up. How are you getting in a car with a stranger? How? You don't know this person. All right, strike two. And he brings her back to his home in the small city of China Grove. See, this is why I gotta take a deep breath on this one because I have three. I have three daughters. And sometimes, no matter what the advice is, sometimes, no matter how many times you go through this, these conversations, something just doesn't click. You met him at the gas station that day. So at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I meet you at the gas station. I arrange with you for you to pick me up at 7.30. And at 7.30, I get in your car and I agree to go to your house. So here's how this works out for this stupid girl. Yes, I'm saying stupid girl. Because he then locks the door and lunges at her with a knife. Somehow or another, she ends up bloody, but she finds a way to escape. And she's picked up later after the neighbors see her walking down the street. And they call the cops and the paramedics. And once (laughs) that happens, she tells the people, cops, I guess where the house was, blah, blah, blah. So as they're interviewing him, he admits to the cops that he chose her randomly and wanted to murder her for the thrill before mutilating her body and leaving it outside for cars to see. This was his plan. When he approached you and you gave him 
him your phone number. This was his plan when he approached you. You gave him your phone number and you agreed to meet him. This was his plan when he when you gave him your phone number. You agreed to meet him. You got in his car. You went to his house from the inception of you giving him the phone number. He had this plan. Ladies, I don't care if you are in Cambodia. I don't care if you're in Nigeria. I don't care if you're in the United States. Please, please pay attention. Because this here, this just some stupid stuff. You can't be that desperate. You cannot be that desperate. It's bad enough you gave the number at the gas station. Now, somebody might say, well, what's the difference between a gas station and a bar or a lounge or a church or at the bus stop? No. Stop. Just stop. Just stop. Just stop. Just stop. Just stop. Just stop. And like I said, I'm sure people have some beautiful stories and things that they can tell some night in shining armor, they met, you know, somewhere down the line. He was, you know, the best thing that ever happened to her. I'm sorry. These days and times. See, that was grandmama's story. That was grandma's story. When grandma was coming up and giving out her number, grandma didn't have these wackos at this level. Wackos have always existed, but they are not, they were not out there the way they are out here now. He has, or he said that this was his plan. He chose her randomly. So here's my thing. He already has some sadistic plans in his mind. So how, how great was he when he approached you? He's that, he's that savvy. He's that sexy. He's that becoming that you gave the phone number. How much conversation took place in our convenience store at the gas station that would make you give the phone number? This is why I keep saying at the gas station. You only go to the gas station to pump your gas. And how long does that take? How long does it take for your car to fill up these days? that I would have such a conversation with you that I would be like, you know what? I'm going to give him my phone number. We ain't talk long enough for me to decide whether I want to talk to you later or not. There is no way in the world that you didn't say something to me in a matter of 15 minutes that would just be so charming to Stephanie that I want to give you my phone number. There is nothing that you have said. This is, this is the same day that you would... Tell me something and, and put something in my head so great. You are so charming that I want to give you my phone number and then let you pick me up. Well, first of all, why would I need to pick you up? Why would you need to pick me up if I got my own car? Because clearly I have my own car if I was buying gas. Well, I hope you was pumping gas. Maybe you went there for a, stick, a, a pack of gum. I don't know. But just in case you were there, why would he need to pick you up? Or why would you need to pick him up? So, oh, see, all this alone time, nobody's thinking about the fact that, listen, that's just as equivalent to hitchhiking for me. Dude, would you, get, would you hitchhike? Well, clearly she would because that's exactly what she did. That was hitchhiking. 
and now you are now running for your life. He done locked you in a car, I'm sorry, in a house, lunged at you with a knife. How long did it take for that to happen? How long did it take for that to happen? Because if he had this on his mind from earlier that day, then it ain't took him no three hours from the time y'all got in that house for him to sit you down, give you some wine, feed you some dinner, play a movie, and then all of a sudden he going to lunge at you with a knife. Nah, this happened not too long after y'all got in that house. When you sat down and you were looking around, and he said, I'll be like right back. Could he offer you a glass of water? I'm in a strange man's house. What could you possibly offer me? What? You can offer me no food because that could be poison. You can offer me nothing to drink because that could be poison. What, I'm going to look for you to open up a hungry man dinner, and because you popped the box open, I'm going to assume that it's fine? Because you gave me a closed can of soda, I'm going to assume that it's fine? I'm done. I'm done with this conversation because she's just a dummy. She's just a big, fat dummy. That was stupid. 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 That was dumb. That was dumb. That was dumb. So let's talk about this Dear Abby, other dummy. Okay. So let me just read you this story. Dear Abby, listen to the wording, y'all. I'm in mourning for my husband. (laughs) He's still alive, but he up and left six months ago and sent me a text saying he's done. He is living with another woman. I didn't see it coming. We were planning our retirement, oh, another flag, planning our retirement, move up to our cabin. One weekend, he kicked me out of the cabin, and three hours later, had her join him there. But I'm going to start off by saying I'm mourning my husband. Okay, we're going to keep on going. I feel so lost at this point. I don't want him back because I feel he has committed the ultimate betrayal. I have started counseling because I'm so confused, grieving, and upset. My counselor seems to think he is leaving the door open to one day return. He still comes once a month to pay the bills. However, when he does, he doesn't want me there. He texts to make sure I will be gone for a few hours so I leave. I miss him. But I can't get beyond the pain and betrayal. He has lost a ton of weight and looks terrible. He has aged so much. He's 66, clinically depressed, and an alcoholic. He's also a narcissist. He would never admit he did something wrong. It was always, in quotes, my fault. I never knew what I would be facing after work. I'm still in the house and slowly packing up his clutter that I was never allowed to touch. He is a hoarder. I'm lonely, but I'm enjoying my space. We don't communicate at all. My question is, do you think he is going to come walking back in like nothing happened? Can I just have a drink right now? (laughs) That's what I want to know. Can somebody pour me some Cavassier, just just a rum and just give me something. Give me something. It starts off with, I'm in mourning for my husband. He's 66, 
clinically depressed and an alcoholic. He's also a narcissist. He would never admit he did anything wrong. It was always my fault. I never knew what I would be facing after work. I'm still in the house and slowly packing up his clutter that I was never allowed to touch. He is a a hoarder. I'm lonely, but I'm enjoying my peace. And why are we writing? Why are we writing to dear Abby? Why are we writing to the dog? Why are we writing to my best friend? Why are we writing to anybody? God has just gotten rid of your problem. Why are we upset? You didn't have to ask him to leave. You didn't have to beg him to leave. You didn't have to uh, 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 throw a hint. You have to pack no bag and deal with the resistance. He then found another idiot. She just don't know she's an idiot right now because she's just getting started. But you know what she's going to have to contend with. He is 66. Clinically depressed and an alcoholic. And I'm going to be in mourning for this. (laughs) Oh, help me, Jesus, help me. Help me. This is a time when I need to jump off a bridge. If I'm mourning this. You just got finished saying he's a narcissist. Everything was your fault. You never could do nothing right. Right. You had to deal with his clutter that you were never allowed to touch. So now all the clutter goes with him. All the narcissist behavior goes with him. All of the clinical depression goes with him. All the alcoholism goes with him. Why are you writing to anybody and you care whether he walks, he comes back walking in like nothing happened? There would be nothing for him to walk back to. Nothing. If you didn't go to some therapist, if you didn't go to some counselor, if we married and we church, I, you know, I'm supposed to give it all the, the you know, the opportunity I'm supposed to. If you didn't go to no counseling, if you didn't get yourself together, you could not bring your 66, 67, 68 clinically depressed alcoholic behind back to Stephanie. We too old. Did I just say he's 66? When, when, when she started off, I'm saying to myself, wait a minute. When when I read we were planning our retirement, already that went wrong. Already that one. We planned a retirement, and I'm worried about you leaving me for somebody else, and then you go on to describe this craziness that you're enduring being with him. Okay, where, where, where's my Pastor Charlotte at? I need some help. Pastor Charlotte. 
No, she's not going to tell nobody, Pastor Charlotte, because are you really going to tell? See, for you, the number means nothing. For me, the number is the beginning of the wrong decisions. Because, see, this is you're not going to tell nobody. You're right. She ain't tell nobody because are you really going to tell somebody that you met somebody at the, 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 the gas station, you gave up a number, you let him pick you up, and you let him take him to your house? You ain't told nobody that because it's stupid. You didn't tell nobody that because what friend, Pastor Charlotte, whether it was in your former life or whether you as a, a Christian person, what friend is going to say, girl, go ahead, girl, no. go ahead, girl, go ahead, and go ahead over to his house. Ain't nobody telling you that. Nobody I'm telling you that. So she, you're remember, right. She ain't tell nobody. She ain't tell nobody nothing. She told no, she told no one. So yeah, yeah. And, and right. remember, she we went there. Nobody knew she was even there. So she ended up dead. No, they would have had a missing persons report out on her. The last place mm-hmm. they would have seen was her buying gas at the gas station. That's that's the last place they would have seen. Because where she went after yeah. that didn't necessarily mean you you had you know you, you were. Somebody saw you or whatever. You probably went home to freshen up. <laughs> That's where you went. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. even with that being said, um, um, that I thought about even when somebody gives you a blind date, right? You still don't get in a car. And you, some your friend might introduce you to him. Yep. Because yep. you don't know who he is. You just going by somebody else's word. So, you know, and like you said, even in church, be careful. Some church guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, Pastor Charlene, on to dummy number two. <sighs> Who is writing to Dear Abby about this man who is 66 let me make sure I say it right. He's 66, clinically depressed, and an alcoholic who has left her for another woman who at the cabin told, uh, put her out and three hours later had somebody else at the cabin. Now, I'm going to be honest, Pastor Shaw. If you... Are 66 clinically depressed and an alcoholic. I really ain't worried about who you with. <laughs> I ain't worried about who you left me for, Pastor Charlotte, because it ain't nobody better than Stephanie at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, my thought was she already knew who she had, and she's probably an alcoholic along with them. <laughs> so, <laughs> Her desperation, her desperation was. <laughs> oh gosh! After the diary of a mad black woman. Remember when she put him out? When he put her out? Did she see that movie? <laughs> and so she wrote the letter, even though she knew she didn't want to leave him. Right. So you think about her mental state. That, you know, even though he had all these issues, it ain't like it just came over the this, this six months. Right, right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So he's always had this, 
Um, and now that he just brought it to where now you got to get out this cabin because the other woman wants to come into the cabin. So she couldn't handle that piece. She already knew that she had this. He, she already knew he had this woman. It's just that you now you put me out. She knew his real life. She loved him. Crazy love. But some women are like this. You know, these is these are real, real people. You know what I mean? So you're thinking of the state that they in. I don't want you, but I don't want nobody else to have you. You know, just like me. You know, but her mental state and it's crazy. Write a letter. It don't mean nothing. She still want him, and she gonna wait for him. She's gonna wait for him. Even if he don't come back to her, she's going to wait for him. Because that woman that he with might not want to take care of him when he gets sick. And she'll be right there to take care of him. Absolutely. And you know how you know? Because her question ends with, do you think he is coming to, he's going to come walking back in like nothing happened? That right there. That that right there tells you she didn't left an open door. Because how could you walk back in if I didn't let you in? First of all, the locks would be changed. You ain't walking in nothing. You couldn't even walk in the gas station if I was there. <laughs> okay? So, but, yes, I actually you. agree with everything you say. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if he's 66 clinically depressed mm-hmm. and an alcoholic and you've been enduring this, you are probably an alcoholic as well. You got some issue as well, which is allowing you to just stay in this nonsense. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree with you a hundred percent. Yeah, she this is she's waiting there. Mm-hmm. She's waiting there. She's waiting yeah. there. I agree. And this right here when you were just saying that she said, and she's waiting for him to come back. So that meant that he might have left before, and he came back. He did leave before Pastor Charlene when he when he put her out the cabin and, no, and let the cabin three hours later. That tells you right there. No, no, I mean before that. I mean before that too. See, this time she had to get out. He had left to, to go know. with somebody that's else. what I'm saying. No, that's what I'm saying. At one point, at some point in this relationship, in more recent times, mm-hmm. they went to a cabin. He put her out, and he let the chick come in three hours, three, three hours later. This had to be, they resumed living back together. She let him come home. I understand that piece, but listen to what I'm saying. That he did this before, but never brought the woman. Absolutely. I'm saying before this last time, this last time when when this woman decided, no, I want the cabin. I'm saying that he left probably years ago, years ago, months ago, whatever, that he had a habit of leaving her, but she waited, but he came back. This time, he, the woman probably said, listen, this, this go around, I'm moving in. 
So now you want to tell her to get out. I'm not waiting no more. So she's probably where been waiting. The woman who now is coming into the cabin. That's what I'm saying. This was the final draw. Now you got to go. Because now I'm going to live here. She ain't living here no more. Change of address. No, they don't live in the cabin. They were, vis- they were like vacationing. He left her. They didn't came. They didn't resume living together. And now he left her. This is not, this ain't the cabin incident. This is, this she's telling about a time when they went to the cabin for, for vacation. Now, remember, they trying to retire. They trying mm-hmm. to move into this cabin for retirement. So now they have resumed living together, and now he done left her. And now she's upset because she he didn't walk out on her. This was one weekend he kicked me out of the cabin. This ain't where they live. This is a retirement place. This is where they're trying to go. So they got this little spot they visiting on occasion because they're trying to make this transition into this retirement that they're trying to go into. That's why I say when I read retirement, I was already mad because I'm like, oh, you got a problem? Y'all trying to retire? Go ahead about your business. You didn't say this is my husband. Oh, she says my husband. But you didn't say that this is happening when I was 12. You said this happened when I was 66. Did he mm-hmm. left after? This is now that they, they didn't went to this cabin one weekend. This went down with the chick. But now they're back to living together. And now he finally leaves her for this woman. And I agree. Okay. I'm not saying that this is the first time he didn't walked out on her. Because this is, this is some behavior that's going on. I agree with you 100%. There's been some history here. That's yeah. why she's asking... Well, what do you think? Do you think he'll walk back in like nothing happened? Because he's been walking in like nothing happened, Pastor Charlotte. This is M.O. I agree with you. This has been going on for a minute now. Yeah, she's a dope, and he knows she's a dope. Because everybody drinking and getting high and doing whatever they do, and this is what y'all do. So now he's accustomed, and I agree when, when, when she sees the new chick sees that he's clinically depressed, he's an alcoholic, he has clutter, he's a narcissist, she go, she ain't going to want him either. She'll get rid of him too. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree with everything you said, and he'll be right back, walking back in like nothing happened. Because that wouldn't be my question to dear Abby. My question would be, do you know a locksmith that could come 24 hours a day? <laughs> <laughs> do you know a divorce attorney? That would be my question, Pastor Charlotte. Not, do you think he'll come back and walk like that happened? Where's Pastor KL? Good morning, Pastor KL. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you? <laughs> we twisted over here, Pastor Kim. It sounds like it. It sounds like it. Join the movement. I'm a, Join the movement. I'm going to tell you what the real problem, problem is. That have not hit the real problem. The wait, real wait, problem wait, 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 wait. Okay. You got to go to the first story first. You got to go to the chick okay. at the gas station. She gives him the phone number. 
at 2 o'clock. At 7.30, he picks her up in his car and takes her to his home. He locks the door. He then lunges at her with a knife. She fights him off, and she manages to get out the house. When the cops catch him, he tells the cops that he randomly chose her. He wanted to kill her for the thrill before mutilating her body and leaving her outside for the cause to see. Now, we're we're challenging all the moves she made from the beginning. Okay, you you have to understand, and I say this all the time, that that the man... Wait, 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 wait. You're, you're echoing, and we can't hear what you're saying. You got a bad echo on your end. I don't know why. Let me see. Because I don't want to miss nothing. Is that better yet? No. No, it's an echo. Hang up and call back. Okay, hold on. Is that better? Is that better? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. All right. So, as I was saying, the, the man is the hunter. So at, at that gas station, there was pertinent things that he asked or, or, or saw in the conversation that he knew that a man knows what he got you. You know what I'm saying? So she's probably all giddy, all laughing, all blushing, all this and all that. And at that point, he had already reeled her in. You know, w- w- women don't realize that, that when they do stuff, we, we watch what they don't do. You know, we watch their expression. We watch what makes them laugh, what, 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 what makes them uncomfortable, you know, all this kind of stuff. So, so when they have the conversation at the gas station, and I got, listen, if I got your number at the gas station, uh, what I do is that I call you right away so that I uh, can say, hey, baby, this is my number. Plug it in. And that's how I make sure your number that you gave me was the right number. So once I realized that I had your right number, I knew you were thirsty because you gave me your number. And so I say, okay, listen, at that point, hey, you want to go out tonight? Because now I got you. I got your, I got your interest because you gave me the right number. Now I can move forward and say, hey, you want to go out tonight? You know, I got nothing to do. You know, how about I take you out? And now when you say yes, okay, fine, I'll pick you up because now I'm being a gentleman. Why should I make you waste your gas? Why should I make you drive? Let me be the gentleman that I am and show you that chivalry is not dead, and I will come and pick you up. And now you are so excited because, oh, he's a gentleman. Oh, he really likes me. You know, and now, now I got you. So that's how I'm able to do the things I do. Now when I get you home, you mine. It's a wrap. Mm. This is sad, sad, and sad. Sad. Sad that we would be so vulnerable. Sad that we don't even give you or make you, you know, take us out to some public place. Where, where, where in my head do I think it's fine on the first date to go to your house? So even if you get through this whole business, this stupidity of thinking that you're the gentleman and I'm going to ride in your car that you can lock and take me to any place and kill me, I don't 
meet you at the restaurant. I don't make you take me, like Pastor Sean said, and I, I said from the beginning, we don't go to no place that's public. We, I allow you to take me to the confines of your house. Clearly it ain't safe because it's, it, when they got in there, surely they after he locked you up in there and lunged at you with a knife. Oh, well, thank you for explaining the game to us, Pastor Gail. Now, you told us that we missed something on this second story with this stupid Dear Abby note. Yeah, what, 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 listen, what you missed is, is not that she's frustrated or she, she, she wants to know can she come back. Listen, as, as Pastor Charlotte said, they were both alcoholics. So this, mm-hmm. this is my bartender. He's my bartender. So I can't get the drinks that I need. You know? So I'm trying to figure out, is the brother coming back? Because now Ooh. I'm living in a dry city. And I can't live wow. in a dry city too long. I've been out wow. too long. So, so, no, so now the, the, the dope man is with somebody else. Give a number wow. six. It's not that I love you, but I need these drinks. You done started me on something. You know, and, and right now, all I could afford is a Bud Light. But you was bringing in Hennessy. You was bringing in Cavassier, you know. Wow. And now all I could afford is a beer. No, baby. Dear Abby, tell me something. If you don't come back, please, I need to come back. Wow. 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 Mm-mm-mm. Well, that is a twist on things. Cause I sure didn't think about that. <laughs> I don't know about Pastor Charlotte, but I didn't still I didn't think about the fact that you the one carrying the the uh, the, the 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 liquor license, and I can't buy my own drink if you gone. So you still twisted, cause uh, you should be able to afford your own. That's the same thing I say about people who smoke cigarettes. How you smoke a cigarette and always bumming a cigarette? I got a problem with that, and I don't even smoke. You couldn't ask me for a cigarette because I ain't got one to give you. But I don't understand. Either that or do you have a light? Why? Why? <laughs> if this is your habit, it shouldn't even matter if he walks off. Go ahead about your messed wait, up habit wait, wait, and wait, live. Wait, You don't hear the nerve there. So y'all know I work in the store. And in my particular store, we, we sell cigarettes. And people okay. come to me and say, hey, what's the cheapest cigarette you got? But if you can't afford your cigarette, you don't need to smoke. So you're telling me you'll smoke anything as long as it's cheap. If you can't afford your habit, stop smoking. That's what I, this is what I, man, you just struck, you just struck a nerve right there. Now you're going to be going through the whole line. How much is the new part? How much is the cool? How much is the Montitos? How much? No! If you can't afford the nicotine, <laughs> then stop smoking. Absolutely. <laughs> I never understand that. Or either you hear, because uh, I've said, well, you asking people for cigarettes? Well, you know, I'm trying to stop smoking. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't buy them. No, you ain't got no money. <laughs> it goes back to what you just said. You're trying to find the cheapest, the cheapest cigarette or the cheapest way out. So oh, you see somebody pull up. Oh, you got what? Well, you got extra one of those? No, no, no. 
No, if you can, no, no, no. Mm-mm. That, no. <laughs> so listen, if 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 she was waiting on him to come back, so she could, that's a habit she need to give up. Thank God, run back right. to God and, and stop drinking. Because if I gotta wait for you to bring my liquor, and all I'm gonna have is a Bud Light, and now that's what I'm worried about, then I need to stop drinking. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! My goodness! My goodness! So I was reminded of the Israelites. <laughs> Can I tell you? I don't know what I was talking about. I can't even remember what I was talking about. This is horrible. I can't even remember what I'm talking about. So, and you know, I'm gonna have to talk. I'm gonna have to talk about that later. Maybe tomorrow with the ladies. I don't know. But maybe it'll come back to me. I am completely, like, lost. What was I talking about? I know I was talking about run back to God, and that's all I know. That's all I know. I was talking about yesterday about, oh, 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 oh. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Okay, I remember now. We were talking yesterday about the in vitro and how, you know, this didn't work. This didn't work. Um you know, and now we end up in this whole mess. So this has come up before, and I said I wanted to bring it to my pastor today. Clearly, there was a an issue with somebody not being able to naturally have a child, that y'all had to go the in vitro direction or method, or treatment. What is your thought on if if you could not have a child, maybe this was for you not to have children. And I'm going to add a little spice to this that says, and this is, this is just conversation. I'm not saying because nobody, God didn't tell me this. And I'm not saying this is what it was. I'm just I'm just asking what your thought is. So you couldn't have children. You go this method of in vitro fertilization. Then you end up with this huge glitch. Was it possibly not meant for you to go in vitro when God may have stopped the process with neither but with the two of you together not being able to make a child naturally. Pastor Charlotte. Yes, I thought of that yesterday. Um because I thought of when you wasn't being able to do to have it on your own. That was my first thought. Maybe God don't want us to have this baby for whatever reason. And then just go about it in another direction. There's so many children that can be, you know, adopted, you know, um, and weird that you can go and help somebody else. So that was my thought of of that as well. Um, but I do understand emotionally that you do want, when you do want a child, you do want it from the father that you love, you know, and the mother that you love. You know, so you'll be able to say, this is my my DNA, my, you know, our personal DNA. But if you can't, 
I look at it as that, you know, the Lord just didn't want us to, you know, it just wasn't for us to have it that way. Okay. You ain't got to worry about all the extra, you know what I mean? That comes with it. Okay. All right. Again, uh, just ask it. You know, we don't know the plan of God. We don't know. God didn't tell any of us that, you know, oh, at least with this particular thing. But Pastor Charlotte, I'm going to throw something in there. He did just adopt. Ooh. Did I say that? True. But it was You just hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, maybe the plan was for you to adopt. And look at what ended up happening. He sure. adopted. He adopted, all right. Sure. Uh, Pastor KL, what's your thought? Well, y'all, y'all just hit it. Y'all just hit it. I mean, again, you know, sometimes, you know, God sets the humans a little different, you know, and, and, and he sets us up to be a blessing to others. But but sometimes we're so stuck in what we want and how we want to do it that, that God has to go forth without you anyway. You, you know, um, there, there are so many children out here who are looking for a loving home. And, and to me, it, it, it's kind of sticky because, you know, I, I've married a, a, a woman who had children. And their children are my children, whether it's their DNA or not. You know, their children are my children. Their children's children are my grandchildren. So, so you don't have to have the blood running through your veins in order for it to be your child, so to speak. You know, I mean, I, I understand they wanted the, the, the DNA, but, but, but love supersedes DNA sometimes. You know, so if you can go and, and give a child a loving home, whether he came out of your loins or not, He's still your child. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to tell you a quick story, and then I'll I'll let you comment um, again. So there was a couple. A man spent many years in jail, did not have a hand in raising his first child. When he got out of jail, he did not uh, pick up and take care of any of the emotional um, distance between um, him and the child, who was a who was an adult at this point, um, but instead focused on having a brand new relationship. So they focused on having this brand new relationship. She clearly was having difficulty having a child, and they went in vitro one round, and they went in vitro two rounds. And they insisted, needless to say, on having these children, and they are not together now. He ended up cheating on her. (laughs) It's not funny. He ended up cheating on her, and they're not together now. So here we go with another scenario. Now, somebody might say, you know, this this, this is one in, in 10 million, but we're talking again about this forced uh, uh, conception, and now look at look at where all of that went. You're now a distant parent. Uh, at one point, she didn't want him to even see the kids, but y'all insisted, Pastor Charlin. 
So he leaves her after she has after she gets pregnant, or she did not get pregnant. No, they did the in vitro once and then twice. So she has two children, just two children with this husband. He then cheats on her, amongst other issues that they have, and they're no longer Mm -hmm. together. So my thought was that was that all that you wanted just to have a baby because of the process. Um, if you didn't take it, see my I have a big problem with if you ain't took care of your first one, what makes you think that you want to stay with the second one? So if you ain't reach out, even though you was in jail, and you saying that now he comes out jail and this person is grown, you didn't reach out to them. What makes me more different that you're going to stay with me or be with me with the baby? So that's my that's that's where I'm at. All righty now. So you insist on having these children again in vitro or through some process, and then you don't even end up with the family that you so wanted because she wanted the family. So it wasn't just the children she wanted. She wanted the family. But like you said, I ain't paid no attention to the fact that you didn't pay no attention to your grown kid. You still had a child yeah. and you didn't pay no attention to the grown child. Pastor, Pastor K.L. Yeah, so, so okay. You know, we, we always ask God to give us a sign, you know, but, but we want fireworks and, and, and we want smoke and we want fires and stuff like that. You know, as, as you ladies so eloquently said, listen, you already had a child. And you got out of, we, okay, I understand that you had tough times, you got out, you got out of jail. But now this child is grown, which, which should make it a lot easier because now you can speak to, to, to the grown person as a grown person from adult to adult. You know, you can do all your apologies and the child can understand that, hey, you was in jail, you made some mistakes. So you can build the bond. Now, two things. You notice that he didn't do that and that you did not encourage him to do that. Right. Because all right. you wanted was a family, you know. And I often say that a child or a baby does not make a family. It, it doesn't bring y'all closer together. So, so here you are. You didn't encourage him to be a man, but you want him to be a man in your relationship. Ooh, how does that work? So, so I, 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 I've had children. You've had children already, and I can't encourage you to man up to your child, but yet I want you to take care of my child, and 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 I expect you to take care of my child, even though I know that you never took care of yours. I, I've been in jail wow. all the time. I don't even know how to be a dad. You know, you never encouraged me to be a dad when I got out. You just wanted me to be a dad with you. I don't know how to be one. I just got out of jail. All I'm thinking about is women. Women after women after women. Yeah, I, I like you. You know what I mean? Listen, when, when I get out of jail, if, if I saw Scooby-Doo and it was a female, I like her because I just got out of jail. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And and that's that's the point that I went to. I'm like, well, right now, 
with the amount of time you spent in jail, anything looks good to you. Anybody looks good to you. So that doesn't make me feel all that great that you've gravitated to me because I need to give you some time to, again, 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 these bad choices we make as women. We didn't give him time to work through getting out, getting with some women, and getting that out of the system, getting with his child, getting that out of the system. No, we running for the gold. We want to tie him down, and then he ends up cheating. Well, was that a big surprise? He ain't had none in how long. You're the only crackers he's tasted. Right, but, but but watch this, watch this, uh, Pastor Steph. He had to be addressed out to somebody. Oh, stop it. They, oh, stop they, it, they, stop they, it, stop it, stop it. Come on, come on, come on, stop let, it, let's be honest. Stop it, stop he, it. Had to, he had to be addressed out to someone. So because you're addressed out to me, he need me. He don't yep. need with me. Because, yep. because he addressed to me, I, I'm, I'm in charge now. But, yep. but but when that plan did not work, when the poison didn't work, now now she's yep. frustrated. But she had already plotted this thing while he was yep. on the inside. Oh, y'all better leave me yep. alone. <laughs> yep. That's right. Because he came out on parole. So like you said, now I think that's why I use the words, I got the gold. Because see, now, like you said, now you sit up in, in my house. Now, I'm expecting you to be loyal because you ain't got, quote, unquote, you ain't got no other choice. But <laughs> there's always, there's always an out. Because just because he's there physically does not mean that he's there mentally. Pastor Charlotte? Mm-hmm, exactly. Because it goes back to being desperate again. Yep. Right? Yep. So now she has already, like you would say, she did. She planned the whole life out. But I'm going back to of her shouldn't the, the second woman should have been able to help him with the with the son right the child that he should have if she was a a real kind of woman she would have encouraged him to go get his son right we're going to use right. his son go get his son right. right and to have that relationship but it was about her because of her own insecure he's mine he's mine and he's only going to be mine and that's what she thought because you don't yep. know who's visiting you don't okay. know who was visiting him while he was in there and he didn't tell just you he told some others just like i don't understand how they get married in there you ain't the only oh, person that come and visit. don't start don't start number on be none <laughs> don't start number on oh. be none you can't even trust the people you looking at on this concrete. I'm going to trust you. And you on the inside, able to sell me a dream, able to tell me all kind of things, put all kind of things in my head, how you going to be loyal. I have heard stories of women getting married to men who have, I mean, enormous time to face. They've had children with this, this man, you know, these men. They have um, uh, 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 set up all kinds of things, 
and then the men leave. How you leave me? You ain't went nowhere in jail. Somebody help me with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you you mm-hmm. left me past jail. You left me, but you in jail. How you leave me in jail? Where, where are you going? To the next town? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you leave me in jail. They, they, they've, gotten, they've gotten another pen pal who, who, okay. who is now seemingly saying better things than, than what you said. Who's now seemingly offering me more stuff than what you're offering me. You know, instead of, uh, instead of M&M's now, she's doing ding-dongs on my books. So, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I got I to gotta up. We, we done up one. You know what I mean? I can't do M&M's no more. You know, they break me out. You know, now, now I need cake in my life. You know, and she's willing to do cake. And every every Thursday and every Friday, if we do it right, especially here in Alabama, you can get a um, what's called a soulful meal if you put it on your books on Thursdays. So she's willing to put it on my books on Thursdays. So now I'm eating collard greens. You was only giving me cigarettes. So I got to leave you because I got a better up. So wait, wait, wait. What's a, describe the soulful meal? Okay, so you get like a ham or a piece of chicken. Collard greens and cornbread, and 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 somebody got to put fifteen dollars in your book on Wednesday night for Thursday meal. Wow! <laughs> oh goodness gracious! Wow! Really? Wow! That's how that works. That's how that works. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Charlotte. <laughs> Wonderful night is Wait, what what'd you say? I if I he said Thursday will be soul food, so I said what night is the Chinese? Because you know everybody wants Chinese food. <laughs> Wow, 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 wow. You know, it it the the lengths that people would go. You know, just again, we're talking about that desperate individual. You know, we have two stories of these people just being straight desperate. And, you know, again, this couple being desperate, and, and I'm not even saying a, ne- a, um, a negative desperate, if you will, if you will. You know, desperate is desperate regardless. But you get my point. I hope you get my point. Um, you know, speak to... You know what, I'm going to give you an opportunity um, both to speak to, we're going to do a couple of of things here. Speak to the desperate woman, Pastor Charlotte. Whether she's desperate for a man, she's desperate for a family. No, you know what, let's speak to the desperate woman who's who's like like this, this young lady. Let's speak to her. Which which one? The last lady? No, the one the one who let the guy pick her up. Oh. Okay. First of all, a lot of times you're looking for love in all the wrong places. Just because you see something that looks good, that doesn't necessarily mean that he has a spiritual life, that he even likes you. Nowadays you have to be very careful of whom you give your number two. Stop being desperate. Let God lead you 
of the man that is for you, that he has already planned for you. You have to first love yourself. And I feel that when we get to the desperate part that we are lacking something and we're looking for something to replace that open hole that you have. And the only person that can do that is his name is Jesus. You have to be able to know and go to God for him and to be able just to call on his name and ask him, why do I feel this way? Why am I feeling desperate? Why am I feeling alone? Why am I feeling these lacks of things in my life? And I don't know what to do about it. He's the only one that can fulfill that. You know, when we men are out here, just like Pastor KL said, they are hunters and they are looking for someone just like that where that they can control. You will get yourself in a predicament just like this young lady did. And by being desperate, you're running for your life. And where that at least she was able to get out the house and being able to still be alive, you might not make that chance. So, therefore, find love in Jesus. Find love in yourself. Find love people around you that will build you and encourage you and where that you will not be able to do that. Always have somebody that you will be able to talk to and where that you are able to seek and they be able to tell you, no, girl, don't do that. Because if you listen to your own mind and in your own way, that you will put yourself in danger. We love you too much for y'all to be able to go into danger and not be able to get out. So be able to be safe and don't be trying to pass your number. Find out more about this person. Don't get in nobody's car and don't go to nobody's house. All righty. All righty. Thank you, Pastor Charlene. Pastor KL, you know, you broke it down as to the role the man plays, you know, this this was deeper than what you were even talking about. This man intentionally, he wasn't trying to get you in bed. This man wasn't trying to get in your head. This man had randomly chosen you to murder you, mutilate you, and lay you out on display. Why is it even more so that we as women protect ourselves from being the prey. Well, well, let, let, let's just go Bible-based. You know, I mean, kind of not strange. The, the, the devil comes to still kill and destroy. You know, so, so, so women, I, I speak to your hurt because all, all this stems from your hurt because your hurt leads to your insecurities. So I, I, I speak to that. You know, I, I speak that, that, that God will heal your hurt. You know, he will heal your pain. You know, right now it, it's storming in Alabama. And, and, and I know most people around the world, when it starts to rain, we say, oh, my God, it's raining. And we all of a sudden start feeling dreadful. But I hear God saying, listen, don't despise the rain sometimes. Because in the rain, I'm washing away the pain. In the rain, I'm washing away all the hurt. In, in, in the rain, I'm washing away all the disappointment that you face every day. Sometimes we have to embrace the rain in order to appreciate sunshine. So right now I'm speaking to your hurt, and, and I'm praying that God would wash this stuff away. You know, you are better than, than who you think you are. You know, God has called you. He has made you in his own image. Therefore, you can do greater things than what you're doing. You don't have to settle. God said he wants you to have the best, you know. And, and, and when you settle at, at the gas station, 
what you know because it looks good you know there's a lot of things that look good that ain't no good for you you eat too much candy you will be in trouble you're going to turn into a diabetic. There's certain things that look good that will attract you and that the enemy will have it to attract you that's no good for you. So right now, I, I, I speak to you. I speak to all that you've gone through in your family, all that you've gone through from your parents, all that you've gone through in your former relationship, and I ask God that he will heal that thing and, and bring you closer to him so that you can understand when, when you are being the prey or when you're being prayed against. You need to start praying for, for, for healing. You need to start praying for deliverance. You need to start praying for a sound mind, and God will turn this thing around for you. All righty. Amen, pastors. Amen. Pastor Charlotte, I want you to speak to the couple that, you know, that are barren together and stepping out. And, again, we're, we're not discouraging. I'm not saying this to you. I'm saying this to the listeners. You know, we're not necessarily discouraging people from, you know, going that route. You know, some people say, well, you know what, it's there for the taking. You know, how do we know that God didn't invent that? Well, I'm not saying that he didn't. Um, however, you know, speak to, again, the desperation and the potential dangers in this desperation for having a child and going these different routes, possibly. Yes, you have to. First, when you first get together, a lot of times that should already be in the conversation of if you want children or you don't want children, right? And then what about if we can't have children? So before you make any decision, you should always, and, and the doctors say, you, you know, you go and then you find out that you someone cannot. That should be a conversation of how we're going to deal with it. Now, I know that we can say stuff until it really approaches that moment, and I get that as well. But I encourage you to be able to sit and to work through it together, where that you both will feel comfortable, where that you both will be able to have that opportunity that we, if we can't do it, we're still going to go another direction, like different cases, where that it can be adoption, where that get involved within the church into the youth ministry. They all become your children as well. Um, and where that you're not really lacking, you might not be able to physically have a baby, but you mentally you'll be able to help others that don't have. And where that you can give that love that you have for each other to be able to raise other. I encourage you to, the most is to to be able to be with each other and to connect with each other and not to be able to... Um, I want to say the word smother, but I know that that's not the right word, but to be able to uh, uh, connect in the spiritual realm where that you're able to hold on to, to God, just like a rope. You know, you're putting God in the middle when we get married and we wrap ourselves around God. Just know that he is leading and he will guide you in the direction that you, that the plan that he has for you, where that you're able to feel 
that take that pain away and know that it's all for good for the Lord and know that we are being able to receive children in so many different ways. You know, it don't have to be little kids. It could be the teenagers. There's so many out here that people don't want to love that you can love with them as well and start being a mentorship. You know, you can start a mentorship, and with that, you're able to show them and teach them how to become women and men of God. So put your faith in that. Just keep trusting in the Lord, you know, and don't be unable to to hold back. Just be able to keep yourself busy in that and watch how God blesses. Watch how God blesses and he opened up so many doors and then you'd be like, what are we going to do with all these children now that we have showed our love and now they just keep running in our house? Believe me, because I know some people who they, people had to do that and they started a mentorship and they have so many children, hundreds of children, just like a foster care. It's the same thing. Amen. Amen, amen. Pastor KL, what would you say when you're speaking to this couple who are going through these challenges? Well, well, I would say a couple of things. Um, Except the Lord builds a house, we labor in vain. You know, um, you, you got to first understand, you know, who, who God puts together, let no man put asunder. But you have to you have to be able to know that God has put you together first. See, before you even go down the line about having children, it, it, it's this marriage of God. You know, uh, sometimes we have to learn the hard way. We, we're in situations for years to realize that later on, this, this was never God. This was all our feelings. This was all our emotions. We, we spend all this time in this thing. And, and, and it was never really God. You know, God kept you from hurt, harm, and danger. But at the end of the day, it was never God. So here we are making plans to have families, making plans to have children, making plans to be together forever. And we never sought out God. We, we, we never heard the voice of God. We just heard the voice of our heart, you know, out, 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 of, out of our flesh, out of man. And, you know, we know that man will fail you all the time. You know, a baby, as I keep saying, does not make a marriage, does not make a, a family, does not make a home. It's not. If you couldn't keep that person before the baby, I promise you after the baby, because it becomes more frustrating and more issues, you're not going to keep them after that. So we have to make sure that we are lined up with the word of God. We, we are connected to the true mind that God is saying this is, this is who you're supposed to be. God is saying that I'm going to grow you guys up together because I tell you, if it's of God, God will make a way. Listen, God, God, God is in the in the miracle. He's a miracle worker. He's, he's in the blessing business, so He'll make a way where you can have this baby. You know, so but we got to be able to tap into God first before we keep tapping into the, to, to the beauty of the man or the, to, to the beauty of the woman. We need to tap into God's beauty, to God's anointing. And, and actually, the, the, the real questions, even though we may not want to know the real answers, God is he the one. God is she the one. And if God says no, you got to be willing to move away. In order for you to get blessed, you got to hear from God. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much, Pastors Charlene and K.L., 
And we thank God for your contribution into today's conversation. Amen. Amen. We pray you have a blessed day. We both do the same. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All righty. You know what? We don't have a whole lot of time, but we have a moment that we can take to go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, God of all mankind, we give you thanks this morning as you have, again, so strategically um, introduced us to who you are, that you have allowed us to see the light of day, that you have touched our hearts, our minds, our ears, our eyes, our spirit, dear Heavenly Father, and we pray to Heavenly Father that we would make the conversion from who we were into who you need us to be, that you've called each and every one of our names this morning, dear Heavenly Father, and, you know, for us to just take up that mantle and go the route and disciple, encourage, evangelize, minister, as the day goes on, today is today. And your word says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has its own concerns. So we're focusing on today, right now, dear Heavenly Father, and all that we can do for your people at this moment, dear Heavenly Father. We ask you to bless every word that was given, all of the encouragement that was laid out to Heavenly Father. Every time when we speak to your people, but in, t- in in turn, we're encouraging ourselves as well, God. It has to hit home first before it would even be a blessing to on, anyone on the outside, Lord. We just praise your name today for all that you're doing in our life, all that you've done and all that you will do, dear Heavenly Father. We ask you to bless every listener that they not just be hearers of your word, but doers of your word, dear Heavenly Father, that there's a level of discernment that allows them to hear, you know, your word, and and, and they're drawn to you, God. Your word says, my sheep hear my voice. So, Lord, we ask as we speak according to your will and according to your way that all men are drawn unto you. These are so many things we pray in the Blessed name of Jesus, we thank you for using us today. Amen. All right. You know, (laughs) what a conversation today. What a conversation. Um, Giving God thanks for everything that we we talk about. You know, it's interesting because I was speaking to someone who... I've scheduled to be a guest on 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 the show, and she had a very interesting take on things. And she said something that was really, really um, interesting that I heard that I heard my grandmother say, and um, it, it's only in, it's only for internal purposes. I promise you, because. If you were to put it out there, it would twist so many people up. But that was the only time in my life that I had yesterday's conversation was the only time I heard um, someone else say this thing. And, you know, I, 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 I said to her, I said, you know, I said, I understand, you know, she was talking, I was, she said something about the marriage thing. And I said, I understand the angle in which you're coming from. 
And I said, I do understand that in these days and times, we have our presentation has to be different. We can't approach people the same way great great grandma approached them. You know, we we can't approach them and say the same things. We can't do it the same way that they did it because we're in a whole different time. And although, you know, there are some similarities that we have to, we need to follow, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we 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 have to make this presentation, you know, in a way where people can really get it. And a lot of times it just it's just the way you present it that makes a person, you know, go wow. And I give God thanks because, you know, this 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 entire presentation, the angle that this this broadcast comes from is a different angle than um, a lot of other Christian broadcasts, podcasts, radio shows. You know, they are, you know, very churchy, um, and I have no, I have nothing against them. I have nothing against them, so that's not what I'm saying. I'm just talking about the difference. You know, they're very churchy. Um, You know, you can hear that you're listening to a Christian broadcast, and for some people, that works. So for some people, that works. Um, for others, it doesn't. You know, I, I have a tagline. People have already been to church. They've already been there. They've already done that, whether they go on a Sabbath or whether they go on a Sunday. They didn't been to church already. And we're not here to necessarily take you to church. We're here to give you a Christian perspective on everything that we go through in life. And we talked today about two very common situations. You know, women who, and men, and men, because we talked about how the men, you know, jump up and they go with these women and and they've been caught between a rock and a hard place because she didn't set him up and now they got people robbing them. So it's not just women. You know, today we talked about the women. You know, but we talk about the desperation you know, how people are just desperate these days, and they make the wrong decisions based on their level of desperation. Uh, Pastor K.L. hit it on the head when he said, you know, our desperation and our low self-esteem comes from hurt. comes from hurt. It doesn't come from church hurt. It comes from hurt. Hurt is hurt. I hate to hear church hurt because people make it seem like church hurt is the worst hurt in the world, and it is in, uh, uncomparable, and I beg to differ. I beg to differ. I understand that, you know, people are let down greatly by the church because we have a standard that we must stand up to. And, you know, people go into the church with these great expectations, forgetting that man is in the church. And it, it takes us to take, you know, on the, the, the body of Christ And I literally mean that, the body and the blood of Christ, in order to do this thing the right way, in order to present God in in, in its proper light, in order to present the word of God properly, you know, because there are many different ways to say the same thing, as long as it's not taken out of context, you know. And when we deal with things, that everybody else is dealing with. You know, we have to have a different take on it. 
we can't behave and make decisions like everybody else. That's why we were called out of darkness into his marvelous light. You know, you can't walk the way a sinner walks if you claim to be a Christian person. Why? Because when the results end up the same way that sinner's results ended, then we don't show that we're in the Lord. We, the God does not get exposed properly. God does not, you know, seem like the God who's the rescuer, the miracle worker, the game changer. He don't seem like none of that. And people question, where is your God? Well, we stay broke because we make bad decisions with our money. And we are now borrowing from other people all the time. People say, well, where is your God? When every relationship you have is a failed relationship because you are continually picking the wrong people because you are just going with the flow. Whoever pays attention to you, that's whose arms you're in. People begin to question God. People begin to question God when you get put out your house or when you can't pay your rent. People don't question you. They question God. And we hold every bit of that responsibility as to how God is presented to this world. So uh, when we make that decision... When we show that we care about God enough to concern ourselves with the way he's presented and the way he looks, then this thing will change. Then things will shift. Then the world looks differently. The Christian, the kingdom of God here on earth looks different. But when we don't, you know, and we continue to act desperate and, you know, make bad decisions and, you know, do things the way everybody else does it, then we're going to end up behind the eight ball. And we don't want to end up there because it's a very unhappy place to be. This, This bad decision cost, almost cost her her life. And she's going to be traumatized with this for a long time if she doesn't run back to God. You're talking about this other, you know, woman who's in her. She's a senior citizen, for God's sake. And you still are caught up in the crazy life. No. With age, is supposed to come wisdom. Let's act like we didn't been through a thing or two. And we are making better decisions. Okay? All right. You've been listening to It's Due Time Past the Staff. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew, my pastors, for always coming through big time. Uh, thank you for hanging out with us today. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now. 
because tomorrow and later is not promised to us. Until tomorrow, where it's Wow Wednesday, God spare our life. I love you.